Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Hub, and welcome back to another episode of Tighten Up the Defense, a podcast that would likely benefit from a tagline. As I believe I just mentioned, I'm Hub. Been a lovely day so far. And as far as you know, I'm dressed appropriately and smell terrific. God, I love working in an audio-only medium. Anyway, let's see, what have I been up to? Saw the movie Get Out recently. It is amazing. I would highly recommend that everyone go see it. Very, very tense and just a great movie. Very much worth seeing. Tell you a movie I have no intention of seeing. The Red Turtle. Not that I have anything against the movie. It actually looks very good. I like pretty much everything I've seen that Studio Ghibli has put out. Here's the reason I am not going to see it. As long as I do not see that movie, then in my mind, the film The Red Turtle is Raphael's origin story from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And if I don't actually see the movie, then as far as I know, the last line of the movie, and I don't think there's any words in the movie, I, I think it's a beautiful tale of magical realism uh, that I, I believe is actually dialogueless, but I might be totally wrong about that. Have no intention of finding out. Please don't tell me. So I choose to believe that the last words of the film are, and from that day forward, I vowed to always be cool but rude. Anyway, we've got a comic book to talk about, so tell you what, without any further ado, let's ado this. Today's synopsis rhyme is submitted by Brad Reed. There are instructions that this is to be read with a Sylvester the Cat-like lisp. So, Sylvester the Cat and a bird name of Tweety do war upon each other, no hope of a treaty. The cat hath a cleaver to swing and to chop with. His odds are not good. Let's enjoy a synopsis. Thanks, Brad. How do I do such a wonderful Sylvester the Cat impression? Well, the trick is to have a actual difficulty pronouncing sibilant S's that you're somewhat self-conscious about. Once again, thanks, Brad. New Teen Titans number 12, October 1981, Clash of the Titans, written by Marv Wolfman, trotted by George Perez, with inks by Romeo Tangal. Teen Titan Roll Call, Wonder Girl, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, a little at the end. Previously in New Teen Titans. Deathstroke, a complimentary color-clad assassin who uses 90% of his brain and only 50% of his eyeballs, killed Beast Boy. Mostly. Sort of. The only hope for the shape-shifting green teen was the healing powers of the Purple Ray, an Amazonian device that Wonder Girl insists isn't a panacea, but is totally a panacea. The Titans packed up their mostly deceased pal and flew off to the mystical realm of Thamascara. Seeing as how Thamascara has a relatively strict no-dudes-allowed policy, or at least a no-all-the-way-alive-dudes policy, Cyborg, Kid Flash, and Robin dropped Starfire, 1D, and Raven off, and then flew off to Africa to look for Beast Boy's missing dad. Bye, fellas! Good luck searching that entire enormous continent that nobody in comic books seemed to realize has different countries in it. Meanwhile, in the depths of Tartarus, the really shitty part of ancient Greek hell, old Greek titan Hyperion finally managed to free himself from the stone encasement that had imprisoned him for thousands of years. Couple of notes about Hyperion. He's the Titan of the Sun, he's real pretty, and he's a total douche. Back on Paradise Island, the Amazonian scientists were about to use the purple ray on Gar, but the darn thing wouldn't turn on. The ray is solar-powered, and as it turned out, some douche just bogarted the sun. Wonder Girl went outside to investigate, and turned out the douche in question was Hyperion. So she punched him in the face. Hooray! Then Hyperion used his OG Titan douchebag powers to make Wendy have a spontaneous orgasm and fall in love with him. Boo! Fuck that guy! Starfire and Raven tried to rescue their ensorcered pal, but after telling them that slavery is cool with him, Hyperion kicked their asses. Fuck that guy! 
He and Wendy started heading back to Tartarus to free the rest of his OG, that's old Greek, Titan buddies. Wonder Girl's mom, Hippolyta, posseed up her badass Amazonian warriors, and they and Starfire and Raven chased the solar-powered douche through ancient Greek hell to try to rescue her daughter. They finally caught up to Hyperion, who from now on I'm just going to call Fuckface Von Douchelord. But they were too late. Fuckface Von Douchelord had already freed his 11 buddies. A still magically enraptured Donna told her mom to fuck off, then along with the 12 OG Titans, teleported to Mount Olympus so they could seek revenge on Zeus and the other Greek gods for imprisoning them for a few millennia. Hippolyta was super bummed out, but then a mysterious character showed up off panel and told her that they had need of her Amazonian army to save the world. God, Zooks! Could this mysterious stranger be Mr. Jupiter, the richest and therefore most trustworthy man in the world? Will the panacea powers of the Purple Ray restore Beast Boy to his old self? And when the time for comeuppance comes, which of our heroes will kick the living shit out of fuckface von douchelord stay tuned to find out okay so in order nope it's athena i guess we'll just have to wait a little longer for mr j's triumphant return probably soon though right right um sort of and god damn it no comment yet lots of comments later mostly expletives so yeah uh, Athena shows up and tells Hippolyta to ready her army for battle, because if the OG Titans and their leader, Cronus, conquer Mount Olympus, then the whole world is fucked. Meanwhile, Cronus, Fuckface, Wonder Girl, and the rest of the OG Titans are ascending Mount Olympus to throw down with the Greek gods, most of whom are their kids and nieces and nephews. A bunch of the OG Titans, including the Ocean Titans and the Moon Titans, seem to think that this is a shitty plan, but Cronus is their leader and what are you gonna do? Cronus, of course, is the dude who killed the OG Titan's dad, Uranus, which I bring up only because I wanted to say Uranus a couple of times. Uranus. <laughs> Donna is starting to have some doubts of her own, but Fuckface tells her not to worry about it, so she doesn't, because Fuckface Von Douchelord is manipulating her emotions. Seriously, fuck that guy. The first obstacle the party encounters in their ascension is the Four Seasons. No, wait. Frankie Valley isn't with them, so I guess it's just the Three Seasons. Or the goddesses who represent the Three Seasons, anyway. The OGs, which is what I'm going to call the OG Titans from now on, beat the crud out of the Seasons. Take that, Winter. Unless Winter is the season who isn't represented. Up on Olympus's summit, Zeus and his buddies are watching the OGs climb and girding themselves for battle. Hera tries to tell Zeus that fighting is lame, but Zeus is like, nah, fighting is rad. As the OGs are continuing their climb, they are ambushed by the Furies, who, as drawn by Perez, are basically a bunch of biker tattoos. They look like three grim reapers who have snakes coming out of every orifice. Well, every face orifice at any rate. They've got robes on, so kind of tough to tell about the rest. Anyway, the Ocean Titans drown the ancient Greek biker tattoos, and the OGs' siege of Olympus begins in earnest. They soon reach the summit, and the titular Clash of the Titans kicks into high gear. About 16 or 17 Greek gods and a giant fire-breathing green chimera attack the OGs. Everybody fights everybody. Highlights include Wonder Girl kicking the shit out of Ares and the Chimera, the Ocean Titans Oceanus and Tethys using their powers to make their son Poseidon strangle himself with his own fishtail, the Moon Titans trashing the gods of light Apollo and Eos, and Cronus whooping on his kid Zeus. Overall, it ends up being a pretty one-sided battle, and the OGs emerge triumphant, encasing their offspring in stone prisons. Cronus is about to start murdering his stone-encrusted kids when Donna is like, Wait, what? Is this what we were fighting for? What's with all the murdering? 
Cronus gets real patronizing and is like, look, nobody wants to murder their kids, but you got to do what you got to do. Hmm. A compelling argument. The titanic argument in defense of capital punishment is interrupted by the arrival of Athena, Starfire, Raven, Hippolyta, and about a million Amazons. Athena tells Cronus to knock it off. She says that murder is lame, peace is cool, and that free will is super important, and that children will always eventually supplant their parents, so don't go killing them for it. Also, stay in school and don't smoke cigarettes and just say no to drugs. I guess those last three are just kind of implied, but yeah, still decent advice, you know, depending on the drugs. Athena's trite words of wisdom resonate with the OGs to a certain degree and start to jar Donna loose from fuckface Von Douchelord's sway. Raven tells her that Fuckface has been meddling with her emotions, and Donna's like, Wait, he did what now? She demands that Fuckface tell her what gives, but before he can answer, a second titanic tussle erupts as Cronus and his forces begin the attack against Athena's forces. Starfire manages to free Zeus from his constraints, and Raven makes Cronus's wife-slash-sister Rhea take a nap. Cronus gets ready to kill everybody all over again, but Athena makes another speech, and this time everybody listens to her. The OGs decide to go back to Tartarus, but this time they're going to make Tartarus a totally dope place to live and really start some community improvement projects there and let the Greek gods continue to rule Olympus. Fuckface doesn't want to go and tries to convince Donna to stay with him, but his hold over her is broken. Cronus orders Fuckface to shut up because they have a lot of work to do, and all of the OGs all take off to go gentrify ancient Greek hell. You know, probably build a new seasons, maybe start some craft breweries. Cronus sets the rest of the Greek gods free, and everybody goes home. Okay. Hooray. Except, fuckface von Douchelord's stupid face remains unpunched. What the actual fuck? I mean, yes, he's bummed to go back to Tartarus, but nobody lays a goddamn finger on him all issue. Fuck that. Don even gives him a little teary speech about how she still loves the good in him. Fuck that. He is a piece of shit, and I need somebody to punch him. Okay. What we get instead is three little epilogues. In the first one, Raven, Starfire, and Hippolyta all talk about how they feel bad for Donna. In the second one, we get back to Gar and his purple ray treatment. The ray seems to be working on him, his vital signs are good, but as soon as the Amazons leave the room, he opens his eyes and says, I, I live again, and I live to kill. Okay, huh. Guess we haven't heard from Gar in a couple issues, but I... Didn't remember him being quite so murdery. I guess maybe he needs a speech from Athena. Oh well. In the third and final epilogue, Donna returns to her boyfriend Terry Long's apartment. They redeclare their love for each other and embrace one another. Donna tells him not to ask her about what has just happened to her, and Terry agrees. A tearful Donna starts to feel just a little bit better. And then in the fourth epilogue that I'm writing just now in my head, Donna, Raven, Starfire, and Hippolyta all go down to Tartarus and kick the living shit out of Fuckface. It's basically like the end of Death Proof, only it lasts a lot longer. Fuck that guy. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, I saw the movie Get Out recently. I heard that was good. It was really good. Um, I bought some new comics. I heard those were good, too. Yeah, those are good. Um, Corey, I don't want to talk about this comic book. <laughs> There's so many words. There's a lot of words. And also, this comic book is fucking garbage. Yeah. I hated this comic book so much. Hate is a strong word. It really is. I agree. 
<laughs> I re- I don't think I've reacted this viscerally to a comic book that we have covered since probably, was it issue 45 of the original Titans run? Which one was that? That was the one with Doctor, where Dr. Light first showed up. and Oh, that was garbage. Yeah. Um, this what? is very pretty. It's 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 beautifully it's drawn. It's beautifully drawn. But okay, What's, there are problems with the storytelling. Well, the well, main my main objection to it. Hold on. Yeah. What sort of visceral reaction did you have? Like, did you shake with anger? Did your stomach hurt? I'm curious about how you. What did your guts tell you? <laughs> my guts told me, "Hub, it's time to clench your fists and say." <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. Have you seen The Princess Bride at all recently? Not recently, recently, no. Okay. You know how Fred Savage is having the whole story told to him? Sure. You know when he interrupts Columbo and says, (laughs) Hey, Grandpa, I just need you to tell me now. Who gets Humperdinck? Who kills him? And his grandpa tells him, nobody kills him. And he's like, why would you tell me this story? That's how I felt. Like... He felt like Hyperion gets no fucking comeuppance. Well, he's very disappointed that he has to go back. Nobody punches Hyperion in the fucking face. Nobody kills Hyperion. No, where's Namor when you need him? Oh, man, he would have punched him so good. The Hulk would have smashed him so good. Mm -hmm. So, so good. Yep, missing the Defenders (sighs) right about now. But you don't need the Defender. Starfire should have fucking walloped him. Fucking Hippolyta could have walloped him. So you got a whole fucking pantheon of Greek gods who could have punched him in the goddamn face. Peace and love, my friend. And human agency. I. That's the moral of this story. Yeah, that's the moral of the story. Except for if you take away a human's agency, who is one of the main characters in the comic book that we know and care about, there are no repercussions for it. Yeah, that does suck. I mean, you got to go back to your shitty apartment in Tartarus. <laughs> but the whole Tartarus thing, too, how did it go from... So when we're introduced to it, they're like, it's the worst. It's worse yeah, than it's the hellish sh- hellhole of hellishness ever. Right. Now it's heaven. What? No, now it could be heaven. What the fuck? They the, have a lot of work to do. But that, it, they it can doesn't turn work it into their way. own place. Well, they're not going to be encased in stone while they're there this time, I think, is the main thing. Oh, well, that's But nice. then they'll just be like, you know, we can make it our own nice place. Put some drapes up. Yeah. Get some flowers. Yeah. Move some shit around. Yeah. So that was, my, that was honestly, that was my main problem with this comic book. It is beautifully drawn. The other problem that I had with it is, I'm pretty familiar with Greek mythology. But, like, I mean, it's been a while since I've read it on a regular basis. The way that we are introduced to the entire Greek pantheon of gods, we get a comic book where we have 14 new characters that are introduced in a single issue that we're supposed to feel some way or another about. Now, it's shorthand because, you know, I think it presumes that we know something about Greek myths, but what if we didn't? It's so overwhelming. So many words. So many words. So many words, so many characters, so many... In the last two issues, we've been introduced to, like, 28 different characters that we're supposed to feel some way or another about. I think this was really ambitious, and I think it got away from the team. I think it got away from Marv Wolfman. I think George Perez does an amazing job. The art, like great. It, the art, is beautiful, and I would love to see George Perez illustrate a book about Greek mythology. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Like just have him really pour some time into it. Because yeah, in in this issue, we are introduced to Arian, Eunomia, Dike, Zeus, Hera, Ares, the Furies, 
Hermes, Artemis, Hephaestus, Eos, Boreas, Poseidon, Apollo, and like three other Greek gods. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot all at once. And I feel like there's no reason this story couldn't have been spread out over a few more issues. The the pacing was crazy. That being said, the fight scenes all worked. Lots of action. Lots of action. But like within the single issue, you also have these two groups of people that we've just been introduced to fight a series of battles. And then there's a victor already. Mm-hmm. It's like this isn't a long campaign of war. It's just like they have a big fight. And then there's a resolution, and then there's start the start of another big fight, and then there's another resolution, and then they're all just like, hey, everybody, calm down. Let's be cool. The final resolution is pretty goofy, too, because Zeus is just like, hey, guys, knock it off. Go, yeah. go back to hell. And they're all like, okay. Well, no. Zeus is like that, and then they're just like, oh, God, do we have to kill you again? And then Athena shows up and is just like, oh, that's right. guys. Yeah. Guys, seriously, listen to Zeus. Knock it the fuck off. Now listen to Zeus, because he's the voice of reason. Which, as I said, (laughs) I have read some Greek mythology. The characterization of Zeus in this is fucking bonkers. At one point, it is actually said, Zeus has learned that the gods must forever be restricted from interfering. Really? Zeus? Zeus is against the gods interfering, and that's what makes him better than Cronus. It's been a long time since I've read these stories, but I seem to remember him being, like, vindictive and stuff about people. He's a total douche, and, like, all of the Greek gods are constantly interfering with human affairs. Mm. Like, and having human affairs. They're always up in the mix. But Zeus especially. There, there is so much of the characterization of Zeus in here that just, like, is just like, wait a minute, what? It doesn't establish how they're any better than the Titans that they're fighting. It's like, no, because the Titans would want to be worshipped. Like, the Greek gods didn't want to be worshipped. I seem to remember a temple or two. Mm. No? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's okay, man. Rah. It was a lot of reading. It was a lot of reading. You know what my biggest question about this is? What? What did the Purple Ray do to Beast Boy? Man. I... Do you get any guesses? <laughs> well, I have what I want it to be, but I don't think it is it. Okay. <laughs> I want it to be that it just healed him up and he's fine. But he recognized that he is strapped into some science equipment. It's already been established that he's a film buff. Because there was that issue where he was like talking all bogey and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's an actor and his mom was an actress, like more of an old Hollywood actress. So I think he just recognizes that, hey, I'm a green dude who's strapped into a thing. And I just got brought to life by some kind of uh, crazy ray. (laughs) I'll do some Frankenstein goofs. <laughs> I live Fireball. Yeah. And that's what I really want to be the case. I don't think that's the case. I don't know what that purple ray did. That did to him. not occur to me. Yeah, it's probably not <laughs> what's going on, but I really want that to be what's going on. And then like, yeah, we come back next issue and it's like, <laughs> what was that all about? It's like, what, you haven't seen Frankenstein? I was having some super fun goofs. Oh, that would be Delight. No, I think we're going to have to deal with some serious bullshit from Garfield. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that, though. Me too. I I want the rest of the Titans back. I want the rest of the Titans back. I also mostly just want Donna to have fucking agency back. Which she she gets it back at the end of this, but like... Well, She also, she doesn't fucking... She's like, yeah, I'm sad that you controlled me and made me fall in love with you. And made me fight all my friends. And uh, and she's so powerful, like, she kicks Ares' ass. She kicks Ares' ass like it's not even a thing. It is awesome. So, yeah, I'm annoyed at, though, how 
they can make her so powerful and so just totally weak at the same time. Well, Corey, she's just a woman. Yeah. That's I feel they... like that is the tack that is. It's like, sure, she's super powerful, but, you know, women can't really handle that kind of power. And she goes back to her weird old boyfriend at the end and she's just like, hold me. Yeah, I was fine with that. Like, and, and I liked, I actually, I was fine with all three of the endings where she shows up at Terry Long's house and is just like, she's really upset. She's had a really long day. She wants support from her partner. I understand that. And she says, just don't ask me what happened. I don't want to talk about it. And he's like, okay, I won't. He was cool. He was totally cool about it. And if that's what she needs right then. He still kind That's of creeps, creeps me out. Oh, yeah, he's creepy. It, I noticed they dialed in, in on his age and are like, he is exactly 29 years old. He's not 30 yet. It's like, it's there's still like a 10, there's a 10-year gap, but like, which no, is, no, 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 no. Which is it's, fine. I feel like they're trying to dial back the uh, the creepiness factor of Terry. Ten, a 10-year gap is fine. It gets less a ten-year weird gap the, is fine. the older you get, though. 19 if, and if 29 is pretty... It's pretty severe. Big. It's not as bad as 16 and 26. It's not the 10-year gap. It's what that those ages are. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I was fine with that epilogue. I was fine with the epilogue with Garfield doing some Frankenstein goofing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I really hope that's what's going on. I kind of do too. I'm not optimistic. That's the no, case. no, nor am I. And the first epilogue is just Starfire and Raven and Hippolyta talking about like, man, that was shitty. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, there were some other things to talk about in this issue. Much as I kind of wish there, were, I'm still. I wanted somebody to beat up Hyperion so bad, and he was so punchable the entire time. And then at the end, he's just such a whiny douche about the whole thing, and still nobody beats him up. And he also has no concept of what he did was wrong. No, he was basically like, "What's the big deal? This is so unfair." I mean, I really loved you, so yeah, I made you fall in love with me, and I already lost one wife. It's like, when did you lose her? You had her last issue. So that that's kind of that gets back to that privilege thing that we talk about sometimes where yeah. he's just this character who uh, just has no concept of what's right and wrong outside of his own it's it's desire. also one of the other problems i had with this issue is just it never despite the fact that there are all of these stakes on a grand scale it never felt like there were any real stakes because it's gods fighting gods and gods killing gods but they've already died before i think so who gives a shit well potentially the earth will be destroyed yeah, the Earth being destroyed, I guess, is a thing. What you call Earth. Yeah, I noticed that, too. That Athena shows up and is just like, well, the planet that you call Earth. I'm like... What do you guys call you, it? Exactly. <laughs> you, guys, you guys call it Earth, too. This isn't a Norse god thing where it's Midgard. Like, it's the Earth. You probably say it in Greek, but isn't Earth even... Isn't that from the Greek? I don't know. Me neither. But let's say it is. Okay. All right. It's Earth. from the Greek. From the Greek. From the Greek. Triple word score. <laughs> Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad. I felt like maybe we would start having this conversation. I'd be like, so, I didn't really like this. And you'd be like, oh, but no, this, no, this, this, this issue was happened. fucking garbage. Okay. It was just a pile of garbage. It was pretty garbage. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, beautiful garbage. Still garbage. Still garbage. Like a Zack Snyder movie. Who is Zack Snyder? Uh, he did 300 and also did the Watchmen movie. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, really pretty. He also did the Batman Superman. And yeah, 300 like, yeah. was really pretty. It was really pretty. It, it was, was pretty. It was a very pretty yeah. movie. But it was, you know, garbage. <laughs> yep. We're getting a little bit off topic. <laughs> well, yeah, but what can you do? Uh, so there was something that was interesting with some of the visual choices that were made in the depiction of the gods. Mm -hmm. One thing that I noticed was 
I had never seen the Greek gods depicted as redheads before. And a surprising number of them, including Cronus Mm -hmm. and Zeus, Mm -hmm. are gingers in this. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make a ton of sense. Because if you look at depictions of Greek gods, they would try to make the Greek gods look like them. And I'm not saying there weren't any redheaded Greeks. But as a society, the ancient Greeks were not the most open-minded about about redheaded people. Mm. They thought of them as a a lot of their slaves came from countries that had a higher rate of gingers Mm. to the point where if someone was being depicted as one of their slaves in a play, they would have them wear red wigs. Oh, Um, And they also would, I think there was a thing like, we want our gods to look like us. That's why the Nubians would have a black god. And Mm -hmm. that's why the Thysians would have a redheaded god. Mm. It is weird that they would choose to portray the Greek gods as being redheaded when that was specifically a thing that was something that they denoted with not just lower classes, but with what they considered barbarians, which were people who were not of Greece. So this wasn't as well researched as you would have liked. Sounds like. (laughs) Strangely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's better research, like, in some ways. Like, I'm fine with them taking liberties. Like, I got no problem they decide to give Poseidon a fishtail. Okay. <laughs> that was kind of cool. You have, his, you have his folks do a, why are you strangling yourself with your own fishtail? Uh, why are you strangling yourself with your own fishtail? That was, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. I loved the way they drew the chimera in this, or chimera. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never known how to I, pronounce that. I think it's uh, chi- chimera. I know it's Chimera Marmoset, but I wasn't sure if it was a... That's a type of Marmoset. It's a type of Marmoset that... Does it pretend to be not a Marmoset? No, but here's what it does. It carries its sibling's DNA instead of its own. So... Like in a pouch? Like if a Chimera Marmoset gets another Chimera Marmoset pregnant, it could be with its brother's sperm. I don't know enough science to understand how that works. Neither do I, but it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy. Yeah. What would be the evolutionary purpose of that if there are, like, small, isolated populations and the chances of inbreeding are higher, therefore the... No, it's still your brothers. Yeah. So that doesn't help. What is... Why would that be selected for? Because nature is a crazy mix-em-up, Corey. Whoa. They... These dudes gonna... (laughs) When I first had it explained to me, I was pretty drunk, and I don't remember exactly. I remember saying at one point, like, Chimera Marmoset's gonna fuck you with its brother's dick? (laughs) (laughs) And it's not that. It's somehow, somehow, like, their DNA, they store it in them from, because they'll be in, like, inside their mom together, like, Mm -hmm. uh. Like as twins, fetuses, like. Mm-hmm. like twins, but like as a whole litter. Uh-huh. And just like, yeah, this is a relatively recently developed thing. And one that I do not fully understand because I am bad at science. I just like fun facts. That's a fun fact. It is a fun fact. Not the kind you get in Ranger Rick, which is where I get most of my animal fun facts. But a fun fact nonetheless. Mm. So much like the marmoset, this chimera. Well, it... <laughs> has a goat's body. It's got a goat's body. Dragon's tail. Dragon's tail. Lion's, Lion's head. head. Breeze fire. Breeze fire. Will fuck you with its brother's dick. Damn. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This thing's crazy. It looked really cool and really goofy. <laughs> and uh, I kept th- at first I was like, is that Beast Boy? I love because it's it, also green. It's green. 
And when uh, the face that it makes is when it gets knocked out by Wonder Girl is one of the best drawn things. Yeah. It totally looks like if you hit a lion on the head really hard, knocked it out, and right before it goes out, that's what it would look like. <laughs> yeah. And I never knew that I knew what that looked like mm-hmm. until I saw that panel. I'm like, yep, that's right. Yep. Props to uh, Perez and company. Nailed it, Perez. Uh, so speaking of the Greek gods acting out of character, you've also got Hera pleading with Zeus for leniency and peace, which not really her thing either. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I can see that shit from Hestia. She's cool. Hmm. Goddess of the hearth. I'm just saying, hmm, because I don't know who that is. I'm just impressed that I remembered the name Hestia and that she was the goddess of the hearth. Like the kitchen? Yeah. Like Whole that. hearth, though. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that was an important part of the... Part of the Greek home. The old house. Yeah. Back in the day. Yep. Greek times. You got... Yeah, the hearth, it's where you keep your cross-stitch that says no gingers. Um, <laughs> where you make bread, probably. Where you make bread, yeah. Where you don't worship the Greek gods, because they are all about humans having free will and not interfering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hearth, great place. Hestia, way to go. Nice work. Yup, nice hustle, girl. Uh, <laughs> there is a weird scene, too, where the Titans, the old Titans... They've just whooped all of the Greek gods' butts. Yep. And then Athena and Hippolyta and Raven and Starfire show up in a totally badass panel. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, we're here, let's go. And then all of the Titans just close their eyes and, like, the Earth starts rumbling. And I'm like, are they going to form Captain Planet? Because <laughs> it totally <laughs> seemed like, wait. It's like, Titans all concentrate at the same time when we combine our powers. Mm. It's like... That's not a thing, but I guess it was because oh. it made the earth shake. Which happened. They said, "Yeah, but I thought that was that was the thing that happened." Mm-hmm. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up that went down in this? God damn, there were so many things that happened, but I don't really want to bring any of them up. I, I mean, so many things happened, but it was almost too like much it to was it. Nothing stands out as individual happenings. It's basically the gods all fight the, fought the titans. They paired off kind of the way you would think it would be. Like water gods fight water titans. Darkness titans fight gods of light. I like that the moon guys attack people by just making them go to sleep with those bubble clouds. Dude, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Raven uh, made some attacked somebody by making her fall asleep too. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way. I wish I could do that. Like if somebody's being really awful and then like there's violence, it's I'd like, just go to be sleep. like, ah. Yeah. Nap time. You'll it's wake nice up later. if you say nap time, too. Yeah. That's that's fun. I mean, I guess, like, this is a much cooler way of doing it than, like, a sleeper hold, I guess. Although sleeper holds are pretty cool, too. Yeah, but that and that's harder in real life. It's harder, than... and it's more akin to an assault. Yeah, you can literally, like, get in trouble for us. Right, right. Yeah, you could literally get in trouble for making someone fall asleep, too. I don't think so. Not if you were just like, nap time, and then they just fell asleep. You could just be like, that's a coincidence. What, do you think I did magic? No, I think you... I think I have less of a chance. Yeah, no, you're better off using your magic powers to make somebody fall asleep than you are putting them in a sleeper hold. Thank you. Unless you're Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Corey, are you Brutus the Barber Beefcake? I am not. <laughs> okay. Then magic powers it is. I would be old-er. That's true. You would also be named, I believe, Ed Lindsay? Hmm. I might be wrong about that. I at least think I might know Brutus the Burger Beefcake's real name. I'm learning and names have power. so much <laughs> in this episode. I learned about Hestia. I learned about Ed Lindsay. Uh-huh. I learned about legal repercussions of sleeper holes <laughs> versus magic spells. Sure. 
you will learn that I'm a lot like Fred Savage yelling at Columbo. One more thing. <laughs> I've started calling it that when I'm at work, when I'm bartending and I'm taking an order from somebody and, and I'm like, all right, so here you go. And they're like, oh, one more thing. I was like, oh, this guy's Columboing me nah. again. Everybody fucking Columboed me at work today. That sucks. Like, I'd be like, here you go. It's like, one more thing. I'm also going to need... Uh, Don't know where you are last <laughs> night between... That's not a Colum- That's not a Peter Falk accent uh, impression. I did a bad job. No, Corey, you're doing a bad job with an impression. Weird. Unprecedented. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's much better. You do a better It's Peter still Falk. not good. Let's take a shot of whiskey. <laughs> oh, that'll make things more coherent. Yeah. Cheers. <sighs> Ooh, that's good. It is good. That was Tirkinol Single Malt Irish Whiskey. And it's fucking rad. It's a favorite of mine. If you are a whiskey maker and you would like to have us say the name of your whiskey on this program, send us your whiskey. (laughs) I had somebody send me an email to the podcast email that was trying to sell us high-end hair care appliances. What is the... I don't even know what that means. I didn't either. I had to reread the thing several times. It was like, like a curling iron? No, like professional grade hair dryers and hair irons and hair crimping. Like they thought I was a hairdresser. How did they get the email? I don't know. I was really confused, but I sent them back a very nice email. that <laughs> said, hi, Michelle. We are a podcast about 70s slash 80s superhero comic books, so I'm not sure we necessarily have any need for your no doubt high quality line of hair care appliances. But thank you for your interest. Feel free to contact me if you have any further questions, especially if they relate to the comic books The New Teen Titans or The Defenders. Thanks again for writing, Michelle. Your pal, Hub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was very confused. I hope she uh, writes you back. She did. What did she say? She said, thank you for your nice note. Oh, that's yeah. disappointing. I know, I hope she had would have some questions, or maybe would want to advertise. Hey, if you want to advertise, I'll say some shit. Yeah. If you would like me to say nice things about your product... Send us your whiskey. Send us your whiskey. <laughs> I'll say shit. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Minutia. Minutia. <laughs> uh, sing us in, Rick. We got Minutia. It's not the biggest part, it's just Minutia. Like Corey eating farts, we got Minutia. Time to sweat the small stuff. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. All right, what do you feel like hitting up first? The hardest category this time for me was the Bozone. Okay. Did you find some? I had a pretty good Bozone. Did you? What did you have? Well, you go first. Uh, Then I can trump you. I mean, then I can outdo you. I don't want to use that word anymore. Yeah, I don't like that either. No. The best I came up with was when Kronos says to Starfire that Zahal of yours is a fool to have power and not to use it. So yeah, he does shit talker god. That's that's not nice. Called him a fool. Yeah. That was all I got though. And yeah. It felt kind of lame. My bozone moment also includes use of the word fool, but mine was a double disc that Zeus handed out when he said, you're a fool Cronus if you believe that the defeat of the stupid Furies means anything to Zeus. Mm. So he burned the Furies who are his employees who he sent out to stop Cronus, and and then Cronus killed them. And so he called them stupid. But then he also called Cronus a fool. He's a shit. Yeah, Zeus is a piece of shit. Canonically, Zeus is a piece of shit. A real I would actually not be surprised if at one point he dressed up like a piece of shit to impregnate somebody. Because, man. (laughs) What? He was always dressing up as something to get somebody pregnant. Fucking swan, bow, golden shower. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Oh, it just gets better. Yeah. All right. Fucking Zeus. Yeah. Sound effects? Oh, yeah, I got one. Okay, what was your favorite sound effect? <laughs> Let me try this. I had the same one. I read it more as... <laughs> yeah, it was just a bunch of... It was a, it was yummy noises that I think the... It's just a bunch of M's of different sizes. What was the context of that? I already forgot. That was when they all concentrated and made the ground shake and liquefy. No, no, no. Yep. I mean, maybe it did it then, too. That's the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of... That's not them concentrating and making the ground liquefy. That's the Fury showing up. Oh, yeah, that one. That's the stupid Fury showing yeah, up. I got it. And it goes, mmm. Well, the ground looks all weird. Yeah, the ground is weird, and they're saying that the ground is weird, and then some snakes are shooting up out of it and yep. grabbing people's foots. Yeah, that would be... Or oh, feet, if you will. <laughs> you can, whatever. Yeah. Those Furies look badass, too. I have never seen a depiction of the Furies where it was just, like, hooded skeletons with snakes coming out of their mouths and heads. Mm -hmm. But them some badass-looking Furies. It's like a tattoo a scary old motorcycle person would have. Totally. Like, who didn't think things through. <laughs> Be like, whoa, what's that? That's pretty badass. Oh, that's just some stupid Furies. Yeah. It's the Grim Reaper. But then I was like, I also want... Snakes coming out of his forehead and ears and mouth. <laughs> I like snakes. Because, like, yeah, I think they're pretty pretty cool. And, like, most people are scared to death. But then Indiana Jones isn't. So if I fight anybody else or Indiana Jones, now I got it covered. Bam. Yep. So that's a good look for the Furies. Speaking of good looks, what you want to talk about, sartorially speaking? Oh, shit. Uh, Corey! I did not remember to do that this issue. Oh, boy. That shouldn't be hard, though. No, man, there's plenty to talk about. I got a couple of things that I would like to talk about. I got it. <laughs> okay, what's yours, Corey? <laughs> it's Poseidon's getup. Yeah, he's got a got no shirt, he's got a stick, and he's got a crown. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, the crown is a funny crown because it reminds me of the ones that the ads for the sea monkeys had those crowns. Oh, shit, do you think that's a reference to that? I don't know, but it looks, you know what I mean? I mean, they probably used the same source material. Looks like a sea monkey crown. It's funny. Yeah, he's wearing kind of a sea monkey crown. Okay. I want to talk about fucking Ares' getup. Because that shit is dope. Oh, that is a badass uniform. He's got a horned helmet, but they're really twisty horns. And he's got a full face plate, like a full face plate covering his head. And he's got a giant axe. And he's also, like, he's fully death stroked up. He's carrying every weapon. He doesn't have machine guns that you can see. But he's also got a big bushy beard, which is not normally what I think of with Ares. I got very definite in my mind ideas of what each Greek god looks like and I've never seen an Ares that looks like that but I love the way he looks. It's a really cool character design. This is not the Piers Anthony Ares. No, that's true. <laughs> that, I, that I pictured. <laughs> that's fair. Mm -hmm. Was it Ares? I thought he was just one of the four horsemen. Uh, War. I mean, yeah, he took the... Oh, was, was it not Ares? I, I, it was Maybe a very long time ago that I read. It's confusing because they conflate There's Christian and Greek mythology in that one because it's death riding the pale horse, but it was also Thanatos. That was the first one was yeah. death. And then... But the second, or the second one was Cronus, which they had being a god of time instead of being a weird redhead dude with mutton chops who uh -huh. whose dad was named Uranus. <laughs> I liked that series a lot. I have not revisited Piers Anthony in a while. That's the last thing that I did was not 
good. I kind of don't want to. I want to retain just happy memories of liking it because I feel like if I read it now, it'll be creepy. It's super creepy. Yeah. It's super, super creepy. But I sure loved that shit when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but Ares looks fucking dope and kind of dumb, which is exactly what I think Ares should look like. He also, though, looked very similar in armor coloration and sort of general getup to Zeus. Yeah, they're both wearing gold armor. Yep. Probably celestial gold, I would imagine. Sounds good. They're both beardy dudes, but, you know, Zeus is his dad, so they're going to be beardy. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes. Yeah. Being beardy is... From father to son. Yeah. A tradition. Patrilineal. It's a good word. Thank you. Yep. Uh, So I think Ares looks dope. The other thing I wanted to talk about sartorially is... I like that Cronus has weird mutton chops. I like that Cronus is depicted as a balding dude with fucking super thick mutton chops. Also a ginger. Yeah, also a ginger, which we had talked about briefly before. But I realized recently, right now, I have a little bit longer than shoulder length hair and a handlebar mustache. And I described myself to someone recently as, oh, I look like I should be in a fog hat cover band. I should be playing bass in a fog hat cover band. I think Cronus should be our drummer. <laughs> he would fit right in. He would. Yep. Just with that look, yeah. All right, what's up next? How about show and tell? Okay, what was your favorite show-and-tell moment? Mine was on page 16, I believe. And it's Kronos pointing to a pile of stone in which he has encased Zeus in and saying that he's encased in stone. Fair enough. This was a harder one to find for me than many have been in the past. But I think my favorite moment is when the Titans are scaling Olympus and they come across their first hurdle, uh, which is as... Someone from off-panel says, Cronus, look, behind the mist, guarding the gates of Olympus, the three seasons. Who's left out? Uh, which, well, there's four seasons, right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, if we are to believe certain groups of the 60s. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Also which... hotels. Yep. Also Vivaldi's. There's all kinds of... References to the four seasons, but it's weird to just hear it said the three seasons. And the three seasons are Arian... Eunomia. And then one of the moon titans says about the third season, who is running away to tell Zeus what's up. No, Daiki, Zeus may indeed hear of our coming and he will not, but he will not learn of it from you. And I was like, whoa, what did he just call her? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's D-I-K-E and uh, it's pronounced differently, but I was just like, that is fucked up. I mean, I know it's the early 80s, but I was like, okay, wait, no, that's, that's a real Greek mythology thing. Okay. Okay. Rhymes but with I, Nike. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure what the pronunciation is. Either one isn't great. <laughs> yeah, I had the same. I was just like, that's got to be some Greek thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But also, what, what season don't they have in Greece? They have winter in Greece. Do they? Yeah. Oh, oh that's right. It did snow in that 300 movie. <laughs> Remember? Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it have... was warm there all the time. I don't think so. I mean, it's Mediterranean, but... I got to travel there. Yeah. Learn about their seasons. Fair enough. You're like, hey, reading this comic book, you guys only got three seasons. Which Who's one's missing? missing? <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. I hope it's not fall. It's probably fall is the one that they don't have, but because uh, maybe there just aren't temperate deciduous trees there. I mean, they would probably call it autumn anyway. But like, Straight I, 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 I feel bad for anybody who doesn't have fall because that's when you get to wear the best clothes. Like you get to wear nice blazers, like have like leather patches. Is that so? Yeah. Professor. Yeah. Professor. You have to wear your tweeds. Oh, yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. It's the best. 
I love summer, but everybody's dressed like a ninny in the summer because all you want is to not be too hot all the time. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's I miss it's it fine. so much. It's coming, Corey. It'll be here. You just hold on. This is bullshit. I'm sorry, Corey. It's okay. I like it. I don't want summer to come yet. <laughs> don't you make fart noises at me. Too late. Eat that fart noise, Corey. <laughs> I can't. Uh, not with that attitude, you can't. Nope. All right. What was your favorite panel? I had a toss-up, but I think my favorite panel was on page 12, and I called it Creepy Fish Tail. <laughs> and it's when um, Poseidon's mom and dad make him strangle on his own <laughs> He has such tail. a funny look on his face. <laughs> he is not happy. That was, I think, maybe the funniest panel. I gotta go with, it's a two-page spread that's on page 9 and 10. Oh, epic battle. Yeah, I, 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 I just called it Meet the Gods. Ah. Because uh, it's when we were introduced to, like, 11 of the Greek gods. The only problem I had with that was that it now... Okay, I know Hephaestus broke his legs when Zeus tossed him off Mount Olympus. And so he's got some issues, but he built, he built fucking ancient Greek robots to help carry him around, which is fucking badass. Mm -hmm. um, but it says Hephaestus, the lame god. And I know they mean he has problems with his legs, but I was like, he's not lame. He was always my favorite. Oh. Hephaestus, best of the gods. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was my backup panel. Yeah, it was fucking badass. But I also loved on page 26, you got the close-up of Gar's eyeball, Frankenstein style, when he's having his Frankenstein goofing. Mm -hmm. That was a good time. And on page 15, there's uh, it's a full page, but it's what I call the God's Defeated Medley. And it's <laughs> really cool the way it is put together. It's the whole thing. There's a running motif of, I believe, Cronus's eyes. Uh, but his eyes are just like pinhole eyes of yellow light and there's four of those going down the page but then in each panel something else is happening and then also you get half of donna's face on one side of the page and half of that piece of shit hyperion's face on the other side of the page and in each panel it's a different greek god being defeated by a titan and it's really really cool looking and a really neat way to lay out that epic battle and to really do as well as could be done by making it feel pretty epic Very and i like that a lot but i think my favorite is the meet the gods because uh like i said it's bullshit that they introduced so many all at once and we're supposed to have opinions on them but they all looked really cool so every issue of a teen titans comic book has a titan who does the best job, the Aqualad of the issue. And every issue of a Teen Titans comic book also has a Speedy, the character who does the worst job. In this issue, who was your Aqualad? Who was the best Teen Titan? Out of the two choices that we have? We got three choices. You got yeah. Donna. Well, Gar, you counting Gar. Donna, Starfire, Raven, Gar. Oh, I forgot. You got four choices. I forgot about Raven. Shit. That may change the calculus. Anyhow, I'm going to go with Starfire because okay. she freed Zeus from his rocky prison. Yeah, she did. She That was like the only thing she did. And she whined about being so powerful yet so useless a lot. Uh, and I, I, I feel for her on that. I think she did a pretty good job. I went with Wonder Girl because she was on the wrong side of it. But she fucking cold cocked Ares and... She knocked out a bunch of Greek gods and she beat up a chimera and he looked really funny when she punched him out. And she also did break free from the control of Hyperion, which is not easy to do. Now, I would have loved it if she or anybody had kicked him in his stupid Hyperion face, but I think Wonder Girl did a really good job in this issue overall. And she put up with a lot of shit. She did. 
She did. Uh, conversely, who was your speedy? I actually had Wonder Girl in this Why? issue. Well, on one hand, it because somehow I, with all the gods and everything going on, I forgot about Raven. And so I was like, okay, it's down to Starfire and, <laughs> and Wonder Girl because Gar just woke up at the end. So that doesn't count. And usually my criteria is like, which Titan did the thing that, you know, helped out the rest of the, the gang the most. Sure. And I didn't want to vote for Wonder Girl because she's basically robbed of her agency and it's not really yeah. her fault that she's, you know, fighting on ostensibly the wrong side of this battle. Sure. Or, but that was, due to user error, <laughs> uh, my choice. Yeah. All right. I I kind of wanted to edit that out. You want to take a mulligan? Yeah. All right. I'm going to say the speedy of this issue is Raven. Now, overall... She did okay. She made Rhea fall asleep. So that was cool. But in epilogue one, she is talking with Hippolyta and Starfire. And she is talking about like, yeah, it must be really tough for Donna going through being having her emotions manipulated like that. I can empathize because I've manipulated people's emotions. <laughs> I read that. And I was it, like, it hurts me every time. Fuck you! Every time I do it, it's hard for me because I'm so yeah. empathetic. Yeah, I'm. So, oh man, I I bet her fucking heart goes out to stupid fucking Hyperion too. Ugh. Form a little club, the fucking with people's emotions club. That chimera is so big. It's a very big chimera. I can't believe she knocked him out with just one bop on the head. Okay, you can't believe that, but you're. You're, you can believe that she knocked out the god of war. They're drawn the same size. Judge him by your si- by his size, do you? <laughs> it, it's, I didn't say it was right. It's just, that's a big lion's face, man. Yeah, fair enough. I also like that as she's hitting the lion over the head, she's like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I do like why, that, why, too. Why? That's gotta be so unnerving <laughs> for that chimera. <laughs> it's like, like getting beat up by somebody who's going, why, why, why? <laughs> Stop doing it then. <laughs> Jeez. It is much less effective if you're just hitting somebody and saying, why am I hitting you? Why am I hitting you? It has to be, why are you hitting yourself? Yep. Uh, Wonder Girl's a terrible bully. Uh, but she is still, for me, this issue's awkward. And because she's a terrible bully, that's <laughs> why she's this issue's speedy. You, did you have, uh, did you want to take a mulligan and choose a different uh, speedy? You're going to stick with Wonder Girl. Mm, yeah, your points on Raven are, are valid, but I feel like it would be cheating in a way for me to just jump onto to, Raven. To off of my yeah. notes. No, no I'm just going to take my lumps, and I made a bad choice. Sorry, WG. All right. Fair enough. Shit, is that it? Dialogue. We don't do dialogue. We do zingers. Then that's it. <laughs> Zing. We do. We don't have dialogue. We have the bozone, and we have the show and tell. Oh, that's Did right. you have favorite dialogue that you wanted to talk about? Uh, it was exposition, so it wasn't. It or it was a uh, you know off panel. Okay. Stuff. But yeah, you can still talk about it, Corey. I don't know. You can talk sound, about whatever you want. Sounded like it wasn't allowed. It is the writer's description of Wonder Girl as she's kicking Aries' ass, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was awesome. And he says, But still she moves like the swift-legged panther, and her strength, which rivals that of Hercules himself, is savage and mighty beyond human belief. Yeah, but then as she's actually hitting Ares, she says, Wonder Girl glances at her side, feeling flesh pounding godly flesh, and steel glancing off unshatterable steel. What the fuck is that describing, even? 
She's feeling the sound waves? She's feeling the sound of steel glancing off unshatterable steel? Like nails on a chalkboard gives you a feeling? Yeah, but she's also feeling... pounding godly flesh gives you also a weird feeling. As she glances at her side, so she sees the feeling because she's glancing at her side. I, it's really confusing. It sounds cool, but I have no idea what it's supposed to be describing. And it doesn't actually make sense. I agree. Yeah. You know what else? We never found out what that old dude was the titan of. Like, I assumed he was the titan of memory because he's guy. old. Yeah, the old bald dude. Yeah. But now we see the... Memory dude is like a young blonde god dude. What the fuck is he the god of? Just being an old bald dude? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. All right. Fair enough. Maybe he's like the the guy that writes down all the stories, like the note taker. He's just like their secretary? I guess. The guy that, like, yeah, just follows him around and writes stuff down. So He's their bard? Yeah. Said he was one of the gods. <laughs> he was one of the 12. Maybe he's the god of Do bards. you think he's maybe an honorary titan? <laughs> Maybe nobody knows. He just, like, hangs out. He's just, just, we, like, we oh. don't have the guts to tell. We thought we would all introduce ourselves and say what we were the gods of. Just never and came up. He just, uh, he just sat that one out. It's kind of awkward, frankly. Mm. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. This has been an episode. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. We will be back next week when we will have the further adventures of the Avengers Defenders War, which has been a lot of fun to cover, and I'm excited to get back to that. And then in two weeks, we will hit up New Teen Titans number 13 and see if Garfield Logan is just Frankenstein goofing. I sure hope so. We'll find out. Anyway, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so at ttwasteland at gmail.com. You can find us all up in the interwebs, all of the places like Facebook and Twitter, which is at ttwasteland underscore. Got a Tumblr page and we've got a Patreon page if you feel like making a donation. I have just now decided that if we reach $200 in donations, we will be bring back a beloved segment from the Teen Titan Wasteland years. We will find out every month what Aqualad is up to. So if you want to uh, make Corey research what happened in certain years, give us some money. Put me in a strange position of. (laughs) Yes, I have. More work for Corey if you give us money. So keep those ducats coming in. Um, (laughs) Or buy a burrito or... Yeah, burritos are delicious. Something. For every burrito that you buy, I will have Corey think of it. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you did want to donate, it's uh, patreon.com backslash ttwasteland. And yeah, it's been real. Mm. Mm. Oh no, is the earth going to start erupting <laughs> with furies? <laughs> I'm America's Songbird. And I'm Corey. Good night. Thanks. And they know it. Batman in lights, camera, crime. Roll em. Not so fast. Breaking into the Gotham National Bank is not in the script. Huh? Cut! Cut! That's right, crime director. It's the end of the reel for you. Not so, Batman. When I say cut, I mean it. Pirates in the cast, huh? Ahoy, men. Cut into these hostess cupcakes.
Mmm, a delicious treasure inside rich chocolatey cake. Chocolate icing, too. You guys are breaking your contract. Cheer up, crime director. Now you can show your films in prison to a captive audience. <laughs> you get a, a big, big delight, delight in every bite of Hostess Cupcakes. Is he supposed to look like Elton John, the crime director? No. He kind of does. Really? Yeah, I don't know. He's wearing big glasses and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Batman made a good joke. Yeah, Batman made an okay joke. He doesn't usually joke around like that. Yeah. That's good. good nice job. to see him loosening all up a little bit. Ah, man. See? Yeah, this is this is like 83, I think, is before he uh, turned oh. into such a damn sourpuss all yeah. the time. Yeah. Crack wise a bit. Yeah. 